You know what I mean? They better be fresh. Yeah, better your ingredients are, the better the final product is going to be. So, like... I'm going to reference real quick. I have complete faith in Josh as a human. I do. I don't say about many people, do I? I appreciate that. Josh is not only a great dude, he also understands things, and I think you have a load of potential. If John thinks you got a load of potential with what you're doing, I don't really understand this shit, but you're a smart kid. Thanks, bro. Book some time with Josh. Yeah, might as well at this point. 914-400-9959. I'm Josh Hubeck, and this is my golden hour. Water. Earth. Fire. Air. Long ago, the four dear nations lived together in harmony. Then, everything changed when the fire deer attacked. Only Derek, master of all four elements, could stop those boys. But when Boston needed him most, he vanished into the enchanted golden deer forest. Season four! So, quite clearly for everyone watching, this is a new audio video setup going on. Don't know how I feel about it, man. You know what I'm saying? It's not the best. I like to come in here with efficiency and prowess and masculinity, right? We got Bix in the building. Bix, spin on up. So, listen. As you know, Mm -hmm. besides the fact you're my step, bro. (laughs) You can't have people thinking that, bro. You can't have people thinking that. That's not real. That's not real. This is my biological stepbrother. What? <laughs> uh, I'm actually very excited to run this. Mm-hmm. Not only because it's a continuation in the Phoenix Down sub-series we've been running. Love that. But also because what's very interesting is that my stepbro, and I'll introduce you, is pretty much... Like, how do I say it? He's the tech on the technical end, a prodigy in Boston, which is like very interesting because it speaks to the music market in Boston. It's the fact that like you, how old are you? Twenty one. Yeah, I'm twenty one. The fact there's a niche for you to fucking sneak in, yeah, and like you just started. Isn't that shit crazy? Yeah, it's pretty wild, and like I feel like I just got in at the perfect time because like um, I showed up here about a year ago now. And at the time, it was just John Scott, like, running the studio. So, whenever he had, gang. <laughs> whenever I, he had free time, I would just steal it, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And make him teach me shit. So, like... I, I know, but what I'm saying is, like, I don't think this could happen in any other city. Oh, okay. Like, Interesting. Bro, it's like, since Boston's such a baby, like, this is really the face of audio engineering. This is the prodigy over here. Yeah, I mean... You like when I say it like that, man? <laughs> yeah, it definitely is pretty dope to hear somebody say that, but, like... Uh, I, I totally see what you're saying because, like, the scene is so established in other um, cities, so, like, you couldn't really have somebody come up and, like, make noise because there's already so much shit going on. So, but like, Boston provides that opportunity. Exactly. But there's also Matt. It's, here, let me introduce you properly. This is Josh Schubeck. You. You want to just tell the kids who you are and give them a little quick synopsis? Yeah, my name is Josh Schubeck. Uh, I'm 21 years old. I'm an audio engineer. Excuse me. Sorry to interrupt. I think we've got to pick your gain up a little bit. Would you agree? Yeah, 
I can do that. So Josh is the audio engineer. He'll do it. He's the one finesse, <laughs> finessing the new space. Thank you, bro. Yep, yep, yep. Yo. That's a little better, right? Hello. Yeah, yeah that's better. way better. Okay. So, yeah, yeah give me a, a quick rundown of who you are. So, yeah, I'm Josh Schubach. I'm an audio engineer and producer at Phoenix Down Studios. Um, I've been here for about a year now. Um, done a ton of sessions up until this point. Love hip-hop music, and I hope to keep working in the music industry. Josh is uh, also sidebar, which is something I'd, I'd like to start off talking about. Oh, yeah. Josh attends Tufts. Great school. Congrats. Thank you. I went to Providence College. Great school. But academically, not as great as Tufts. <laughs> so, so what? I also think that just speaks to what's going on in the city because, like, bro, you have all this responsibility in the studio. Yeah. And also, you are a full-time student at an extremely prestigious university. Yeah, it's a lot sometimes, man. I'm not going to lie. Last semester was tough. Like, just figuring out how to balance the two because, like, John definitely expects a lot. Um and like this is kind of my room like i know ultimately i'm responsible for the shit that happens in this room that's fire though yeah it's dope but it's just a lot of responsibility all the time you know like i'll get phone calls at 2 a.m from somebody in this room how do i do this how do i do that so like dealing with that and then the pressures of homework and tests and just being a college student so whack yeah it sucks sometimes terrible um, but hopefully i'm i'm trying to graduate early oh yeah how much you have left i got hopefully one more semester next fall Oh, word. So and then that's early. it. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, that would be hype. And, and then you, just be You could here plug some shit away over the summer, though, too, right? Oh, yeah. I'm going to... Wait, what do you mean? Like, you could take online classes over the summer. I could, but I only... After the semester, I'll only need four classes. So I would rather just, like, be here all summer, um, which I did last summer, which was dope. Well, that's what I'm saying. You don't think you could, you could fit in a class? Like, I could, but I just honestly don't want to. <laughs> you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, all. like, once summer starts... Jack was I'm the same not, way. Yeah, I'm not trying to take classes when school ends, you know what I mean? I know, like, it's, it's like a weird bind. I've had friends... Yeah, I've had You want to be done that. so bad, but you don't want to do it. Yeah, like, I have friends who did that, and it always goes poorly, because you're, like, having a good time in the summer, you, like, like you know, fuck. get a little fucked up, it's, like, 7.30, you're like, fuck, I gotta take this online test. That's like, like, holy it's shit, this is... It's not gonna go well. So, so when was the initial, you initially coming to the studio? So, uh, I had a music professor at Tufts, and I told him, look, I really want a music internship this summer. This is You were taking, like, you were at a focus in music, or like a minor in music? I was a minor in music, thinking about doing a major, um, and ultimately not, because I learned way more here than I did in any classroom. Um, but, no way! <laughs> yeah, who would have thought? But, uh, yeah, I told this professor who's lived in the area for like 40 years, like, Give me any contact you can think of. So he hooked me up with like 20 studios that he's heard of. Fire. First one I called, Phoenix Down. John picks up. Wow. Um, and you know how John is. Just like, yeah, come in for an interview. Um, so I finally... Had, had he ever given an interview before that? Yeah. So I it seemed like the first time. That's interesting because that's what I said to him. I was like, have you ever interviewed somebody before? He's like, oh yeah, I've had plenty of interns. I've had interns open up their own studio. I have interns in bands. I was like, word, okay. Like He said, he said initially that like... He, you guys were not vibing. No, right? yeah, that's very true, Dave. Um, so I came in for an interview and I was mad serious. Brought a printed out. Copy oh, you were being, being a Woody boy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, <laughs> that's hilarious. I walk in. He's just like smoking a joint with his client mid session, and he's just like, "Come in, bro." And I was just like, "Yes, sir." Um, that's, I mean, it's nerve wracking the first time you come. Yeah, in I had too. no idea what I was walking into. I, you, know, you know, you walk in and you're in this like fucking. Um, I know, and it's like, like we're both as white as they come. You're coming to the studio <laughs> yeah. that potentially has mad dudes from the hood in it, and you're like, fuck. Yeah, I definitely was mad nervous and, like, didn't know what was going on. And then John just, like, didn't ask me any questions. 
He just like kind of looked at my resume and was like, "Word." So uh, you literally handed him a sheet. Yeah, that's hilarious. And he just like puts it on the desk and doesn't look at it. That's hilarious. Yeah, and um, I was so scared, bro. For like the first month I was here, I would just watch him and not say a word. Oh, and so he was probably like, "Dude, this kid has like a terrible energy to him, right?" That's <laughs> yeah. probably what he was saying. He was like, "This kid's like a plague." Because yeah. the studio's a creative like. Process. Yeah, everybody's always contributing. We're like, you know, adding energy. There's always like. It's hard to explain, but you know, the second you walk in here, it's different than being out there. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's it, a completely different vibe. It, and what is, uh, what was like your maturation process? He's teaching Pro Tools? Yeah, so it was literally. So you had no Pro Tools experience before this? I never used it before I came in the studio. Then what type of audio engineering I was, experience did you have? None. I was making beats in my dorm room. And I made EDM music with oh, like, so my you, friends Oh, so in until a year school. ago, you didn't even know you wanted to, or you were good at engineering. I knew. I came into college saying I knew I wanted to do music. Yeah. Didn't know how, though. But I knew, like, I couldn't do anything else. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't put in the your, work What's your major that... at PC? I mean, at Tufts? Right now, it's econ. Ugh. I know, I know. You're probably scraping your eyes out, bro. <laughs> it's tough, dude. It's just... Well, what I'm trying it's to say... It's hard to see, like, a something I'm working towards with that. Well, well, bro, it's... I feel you. Like, I mm-hmm. told you this mad times, dude. At yeah. PC, like, I was one of the worst marketing students. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Bro. You know what I'm saying? That's but, what I'm saying. Like, the shit they give you in the classroom is not the shit that's going to happen in real life. I know. Not only that, that's not, it's not life. It's not, and especially someone who, who's known for a while, I'm speaking to both of us, that, like, you know you want to self-start and do your own thing. Yeah. When you reach, like, a higher education, you're like, holy shit, they're really just, like, totally channeling as many people as they can. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, are a bunch of your friends going corporate? Yeah. Oh, oh, like all my friends. Yeah. I live in a house with eight dudes, seven other dudes, and all seven of them are... Enjoy it, though. That shit's fun, though. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's dope. I mean, like, I love a lot about college. Um, And, like... Like, so the social life you fuck with. Yeah, I love... Like, I can't think... Like, I live within ten minutes of all my friends. That's fire. Yeah, like, that never will happen again. You know what I mean? I know, that shit's fire. And, like, most of the time, we're not that busy. I mean, like, I'm busy now, but... You know what I mean? Like the first two years of college. It's it, just the, like, and the one thing you'll realize is when you leave, you're going to be like, wow, school's always been on my mind. It's always been occupying my mind. Holy shit. I don't have to think about it. Yeah. And you know what's weird with that? Like you get so used to the school calendar with like school starting in September and ending it, in May. Yeah. That like sometimes I'll even hear John like, he'll be like, oh shit, school. Wait, no, I'm not in school anymore. I don't have to give I, a fuck that I, it's I, September. I, I know. Literally, bro. That's like real shit. You'll... It's weird. It's like when you're in school, at least the way I felt, I was like, yo, I, I was playing this game by years. Like I was yeah. marking the kids that were at school. I was playing this game like, okay, like I have September to May to do something over the summer. Like I'll work hard at something, blah, blah, blah. But when you, when you're done, you're like, holy shit, I got the, like, I have mad time to do shit <laughs> I want now. Yeah. I can't wait for that, dude. I can't even tell you. It's very liberating. Yeah. I mean, like, so back to like the thing with me meeting John. He didn't fuck with me for a month, and he told me that right away, which is like a another he classic didn't fuck John. With you? Yeah, after he started fucking with me, he was like, "You know, I didn't really fuck with you when, when you first came <laughs> That's in." That's what he said, bro. Yeah, and I was just like, "Oh, okay, like cool." He loves you, bro. He like loves you. Yeah, I love him too, man. He's <laughs> like I can't like I <laughs> that's like my I, big bro. I say he's taught me everything I know, and people are like, "Oh yeah, we're but like he's literally taught me everything." I'm I sure. Know. You know what I mean? Like I am just like a child of his knowledge. Yeah, so th- that's the thing. If he's your big bro and I'm your step bro, what does that him make to me? I guess he's my big step bro. Huh? No, I guess he's my co- he's kind of my cousin. 
You feel I me? I guess it's more like a cousin vibe, but yeah, more of a cousin vibe. It's like, damn, Butch Bonnie, you kind of doing your thing out of the studio, bro. Thank you. You're not really like fully affiliated like with all the other stuff that's going on here. Mm-hmm. But yo, you're you're, you're my cousin. I yeah. got you. You're family. Yo, I never really looked at this. That's mad funny though. Geechee uh, signed the table, number twenty nine. <laughs> <laughs> Geechee, yeah. it's Geech. <laughs> Was it, I got my blunt on full. I got my cup on lit. Yo, you so, know, have you heard what he's up to, right? In Miami, right? Yeah, yeah, he's just bullying in Miami. I spoke to him yesterday. He's doing well. Okay, good. Um, oh. so, so you you come to the stew? One, yeah. where are you from initially? So I'm from uh, the suburbs of New York, Westchester. Um, where? Armonk, New York. Oh, Armonk. Yeah, that's where fucking Adam is from, right? Who? Shelly's Ad- boyfriend. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Is uh, big Jewish population in your town? Oh, yeah. You're Jewish, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's dead. I think it's Armonk. Can yeah, you text yeah. Shaley and ask her? This is my high school, Byron Hills. I think he went to fucking... Can you just text Shaley and ask her where Adam went to school? Mad kids go to private school around that area, so yeah, I won't be that, surprised. And it's all Giants fan in your area, right? Yep. I've, I mean, there's Jets fans, but... It's but it's a Giants area? Yeah. So how does Westchester work? It's just a big-ass county outside New York. So, yeah, it's mostly people whose parents work in New York City. Corporate. Yep, my dad was a lawyer. Worked uh, corporate law, so worked yeah for a bunch of different companies. Um, and yeah, it's like a. Your mom stayed at home, or she worked too. She was a uh, like part time teacher. Right. Um. So yeah, like it's a forty forty five minute train ride into New York City. Mad easy commute. So like that's what Westchester is made up of. Is so growing up in your town, where kids going to like Iona Prep, Chaminade. Not Chaminade, but um, Iona. Iona was huge. Um, Matt, tons of PC kids come from Westchester. Probably okay. College. Word. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, what are the other private schools? Hackley. I don't know if you've heard of that one. Sounds familiar. Um, Harvey. Yeah. Um, but then, like, the public schools are also dope, which is, like, why a lot of people live there, too, because the taxes are mad high. And the public schools and you are went, super you went dope. public or private? Public. Word. Yeah. Um, and my town was Matt's. There's, like, 10,000 people in Armonk, so... From K through 12, I went to school with the same people. Yeah. I mean, Jack and I grew up in a town with like 4,000, 5,000 people. And then it was a regional high school. Okay. But, so that's interesting. Your dad's a big corporate lawyer. Yeah. Uh, I'm he, assuming, I'm assuming, tell me if I'm wrong, he's probably pretty successful at his job, right? Yeah, he did pretty well for himself. He actually, um, he's in Houston right now, took a job down there, and he's just kind of bullying in Houston. Securing bags in Houston? <laughs> yeah, he's he's definitely getting the bag in Houston. Um. So, but is was it weird for you where you're like, holy shit, my father is like successful at a very traditional career path and I want to do something that's like totally on the other end of the spectrum? Yeah, totally. And that's like not just my dad, my whole family. Like it's accountants, I feel lawyers, you. um, doctors, you know what I mean? That's it. Like there's no variety. But you have, do you have success in your genetic in your genetics? Uh I don't know if success is a genetic trait, but I think hard work is, and I know I have that. You, I know, but your genetic makeup totally has to do with your ambition and your drive. You wouldn't agree? I think it's more about the environment you grow up in. It's like the nature versus nurture sure. argument, and I think nurture is way more important. For sure. I mean, we talked about this. I feel like hard work is like the only thing you can manipulate about your circumstance. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you can implant that in somebody and where it's to the point where they don't even think about it. They just know to work hard. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You think you picked that up here? Yeah, but like I got that from my dad. My dad worked mad hard. You mm-hmm. know, like get home at 9 p.m., leave for work at 5 a.m. the next morning. Every five days a week. Hustle. Yeah, hustle. 
Like that's what it is. Yeah, that's interesting. I think that at a certain point, you you start to understand like, damn, I'm becoming my dad. <laughs> you ever feel that way? Yeah, I mean, I've always kind of fought against that to be honest, because like my dad always was like, I'm gonna do the thing that I know will guarantee. He was mad risk averse, so he would do the thing that would guarantee him the most safety. Yeah, and, like security in his life. So like he's a CPA too. Mm-hmm. Oh like, yeah, so he's, you know what I mean. Like he always did the shit that was like, I will be able to work and make money no matter what. Well, I bet there's a part of him that is is now kind of portrayed through what you've been doing. You know what I'm saying? I like to think so because he loves music. You know what I mean? Like, he that's probably loves shit. what you're doing, right? Um, it's been tough. Yeah, he doesn't really get it, <laughs> which is like part of the problem. Have you like tried explaining like audio engineering with this shit to like family members, and they're just like, are they rappers? <laughs> no, well. Well, bro, I mean, I've had to explain so much shit to my family. Mm-hmm. I mean, you should... My earliest videos, bro, some of them were... Oh, st- yeah, when you're doing the YouTube stuff? Yeah, bro. <laughs> I had to explain so much to them. I was like, no, like, the thing is, if I, like, start making narrative and, like, I start kind of learning how to do this shit on my own and, like, I make it entertaining, I can develop a following, blah, 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 they don't necessarily... They don't understand the internet and a lot yeah. of people don't understand the the current state of, like doing your own thing you know yeah what I'm saying? yeah totally because that's a very like new generation thing like being able to control your content and just like put it out on your exactly own. And, and, and i mean the internet incentivizes people now to do their own thing yeah and like a lot of older people don't get that because like all the shit all the entertainment they're used to seeing was like on the tv or the movie screen or and, on the radio and also career path in the entertainment then was so programmed yeah like it's like you had to like kind of like get in with the label like yeah. isn't that how it would work like 20 25 years ago yeah so like most audio engineers in the past like, it's mad interesting. I was just reading a book by one of the greats, Al Schmidt. He's considered, like, the best engineer of all time. Why, who did he mix? Dude, he, like, we're talking, like, the goats of the goats. Frank Sinatra. Um, oh, it's just, like, the 50s, 60s. Jefferson Airplane, yeah, but then, like, he kept going. So he's worked with, like, everyone. I'm trying to, like, Ray Charles. Um, Who else am I for? Like, damn. There's so many people that he's worked with because he's been in the industry for, like, literally 60 years, but... I he's can't still alive? Of, yeah, he's still going. It's crazy. He's like 80-something years old. That's dope. I mean, yeah. bro, you can be an audio engineer for a yeah. long but, time. So he used to literally be employed by the studio. They paid him like a salary. Shit was crazy. You know what I mean? And he was kind of the first guy to be like, oh, shit, I can make way more money by going freelance and working with artists or bands directly and then getting royalties rather than being and then, employed. And then just like renting studio space wherever. Exactly. And that like that kind of flipped That kind of mobilized game. all of it, huh? Yeah, because it used to be like you were mad, like stuck in one spot and you were just kind of stuck with whoever came in the door. And like there was a manager at the studio booking clients. Well, you no, know what's also interesting is like you couldn't, I wonder how they would market themselves and their services back then. It's all word to mouth, bro. Yeah. Yeah, even back then and still today. Like, the Instagram stuff helps, and you know that. Like, yeah, marketing sure. yourself and giving people, like, an idea of who you are before they meet you is huge. But, like, nothing is better than somebody saying, yo, yo, I worked with him. He's so dope. You got to, like, get in there. Word of mouth's the most effective. Yeah. By far. Because people trust that more than anything. Well, well, that's just human. Yeah, You know what exactly. I'm saying? But at the same time, like, and why people show up for John consistently is because the product's fire, bro. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's that simple. Like, people come here to make music, and John makes fire music. I know. So, I mean, the internet should just, it should just be complimentary to all that. Totally. Then you agree? Yeah, and people... I mean, you gotta step your content game up. (laughs) I'm trying, you know. I need a new post. Maybe I'll throw this up. Oh, he went to Ardsley. Ooh. What is it? That's where the Zucker boy is from. That's where Zuckerberg's from? Yeah. We don't fuck with Ardsley. What? 
Oh, what, is it a rival? It's not even a rival. Just Zuckerberg went there. We don't fuck with Zuckerberg. We fuck. I fuck with Zucks. No, dude, we don't fuck with Zucks. Why? What's wrong oh, with Zucks? He's a scum, bro. Zucks is a G, he's just like, bro. bro. He's just like this nerdy little Jewish kid from Ardsley who just like <laughs> always was getting picked on. Didn't have a lot of friends, so he's like, I'm gonna make Facebook and fuck all of you. Yeah. And then, then, he like, be, then he became the billion dollar man. Yeah, and the now, billion. dude, and he's like, he needs to own up to what he has. Like, Absol- Facebook is a monster. Absolutely. But it'd be weird being in a position like that, dude. Oh, yeah. Imagine having all that responsibility. I wouldn't do What it. is he, like 35? Is he that old? I mean, in I'm 2004, he was in college, so. He's an animal, bro. He's probably like 32, yeah. He's an animal, dude. He's a beast. So, you know, his dad is a dentist in Arsley. Oh, yeah. And, like, mad teachers from my school would go to, the, like. The Battle of the Jewish Boys? <laughs> would go to his dad as a dentist, and they'd be like, oh, how's Mark doing? And his dad would always be like, he's working on some internet thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, Facebook. Yeah, it speaks to what we were just talking about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's mad funny. Um, but Arsley is a dope town. It's like kind of close to the water. And it's got some is that close pressure. to Armonk, though? 20, 25 minutes. I, I mean, used that, to play a lot of baseball there. That's kind of how all Westchester works, right? Yeah. Every, um, yeah, I mean, there's closer towns, but like the farthest towns are going to be like 30, 40 minutes. Word. So we were talking about content. Right, yeah, the content. Well, so I get it as an as an audio engineer, and you would know better than I would. I get it. It's it's not a position where people traditionally are like openly glamorous about what's going on. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's not like yeah. the flash and shit. I get it, even though you're surrounded by it. Yeah. But at the same time, wouldn't you? Wouldn't it be beneficial for you to post more, or maybe some of your mixes and shit? Yeah. Um. If I had more mixes that were being released, like on streaming platforms, I would totally post that's what like most audio engineers do but one i said i'm in school right now so i'm not working on a ton of shit but um and then a lot of the shit i worked on just goes on like youtube or doesn't get on spotify or like apple music so i don't really like need to post about that but if there's something i like and i like the guy and it's like getting somewhat of an official release i'm definitely going to help promote that shit for sure i mean for you i mean as an engineer you're uh, you're contracted yeah correct? Yeah, yeah. Jack is an amazing graphic artist. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna call him out on air because he just literally pissed me off. Uh, you show me some shit. He never. Fire. He does not post his work. He likes securing bags. Why he is that, Jack? He because he's on some insecurity shit. Because <laughs> similarly to you, I don't have a lot of like finished. This is that's but, a, this is all insecurity though. Do you know how many Instagram posts there are a day? My whole thing, though, is I want each, like, I, I've thrown three posts up in, like, a month the now. Snoop, yeah, the Snoop was a tough one to start. Yeah, I started with <laughs> the gonna Snoop pick, up? bro. Like, how are you going to beat that? How are you going to follow that up, bro? The next picks were fire, because, like, the artist at that time, D the Flies, shout out D the Flies. Dope shout fucking out D the Flies. Dope artist. Um, he had, like, his boy, who's a professional photographer, come in. What's his name? Vega? Mike's, yeah, might be. Or Mike City? Mike City Visuals, I think is his name. Vega is his manager. Is D the Flyest manager. I don't know, man. I'm just so on his You got to get D the Flyest up here. He's a super nice guy, I too. Saw, I, just saw, I have not intro- introduced myself to him yet, but Where? I saw him come in. Yeah, I don't know how old he is, but I think he's pretty young, and he's he's got one of those voices, bro, that could just go. You I'm know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I know you know that song. That was mixed here? No, that was before he started coming here. But yeah, I think he did that in Atlanta, because he's with Lil Baby. So, did you realize the state of Boston music when you started? No, I was so, like, I knew nothing, bro. That's what, like, when I say John taught me everything, he taught me everything I know, like, about this city. I don't even think he knows all that's going on with music, too, though. 
be honest with you. Yeah, he's got a better grip on it than Moso because he's working with like the bigger artists in the city. Besides, you know, like no, I, I just mean that it's interesting when I come in here and I'll bring people in the back room and he'd be like, "Yeah, I didn't even know that person was like, doing stuff." Because <laughs> he's in the stew all the time. You know? Yeah, so. that it's kind of scary because John puts in like fourteen-hour days and it's all back-to-back-to-back sessions in that A room. His machine. Yeah. So, but like he's missing everything that's going on behind him, like out here. You uh-huh. know what I mean? It's cut out for it though. You're, you're. I mean, you're also a social dude. Is that tough for you because it's like such an isolating process being an engineer? Yeah. Sometimes I don't like it, but. It, like you could talk to John about this too. It's all about the vibe that the artists bring in. You know what I mean? Like Geo, shout out Geo. Whenever he comes in, he's got his squad with him, and Gio they're hype. Bitches and bottles. <laughs> they're just ready to go, bro. And mm-hmm. like you feel that energy, even if you just did a six-hour session and your wife. If Geo's your next session, you're hype. You know what I mean? Like you're ready to go and you're excited to make music with him. Whereas sometimes an artist will come in and just be like, "Yeah, go on YouTube, download this beat. I'm gonna, I'm gonna rap over it." And I you're feel just you. like, "Fuck." This two hours is gonna suck. When I say isolating, I mean like it's like your work is totally in, on a computer. Oh yeah, I don't love that aspect of it. I'm sure because like people think Pro Tools is the dopest thing ever for music. It's not. It's not the highest form of like what it is. Um, the hardware gear that was popping in like the 70s and like that still produces the best sound. That's debatable because like the um control you have in Pro Tools is like crazy like the it's way you're able to manipulate control, right? audio but it's just like in terms of like the care and quality that went into the product that hardware gear it was like at a level that pro tools is not at like pro tools no matter what studio you're at crashes all the time you know how whack that is <laughs> like to just be like oh we gotta wait five minutes and restart because <laughs> pro tools crash like you don't have that problem with i know pro gear. tools is the industry standard though right yeah it is but like it's an industry standard because it's reasonably priced and it's easy to use, not because it's the best. Easy to use or easy to learn? Um, I would say both. Yeah. It's not crazy hard to learn. Um, and then, like, in terms of use, like, I'm just you do... This. Just so... That's a little bit. Um, like, you, you do it ten times, <laughs> you'll, like, you got it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I could teach you oh, how to record. It took record. you ten times? That's it? Um, yeah, after ten times recording, I felt, like, pretty comfortable. But uh, to be fair, I'd watch John for hours and hours and hours before I even recorded somebody for the first time. Isn't it crazy, though? Like, it's probably you didn't even know you had the skill. Well, did you always have, like, kind of a technical mind? I was always good with computers. Yeah. I mean, always I mean, good that's with probably computers. a standard. I was like that kid in fifth grade when the teacher would be like, something's up with a computer. Josh, come fix it. I feel you. Yeah. So, like, I always kind of had a knack for these things. So, you, you like, understand processing and compressing and yeah memory and ram the way i always thought about it was like it's gonna do what you tell it to do and if it's not doing that then something's wrong so that's the way i always kind of looked at it well can you help me figure out the audio drift because i hope to god this doesn't happen again like goddamn audio drift it's terrible yeah so bro no i've been on shout out kyle kyle (laughs) i hope you see this I've been on, I don't know what he looks like. I've been on the phone with a guy at Apple named Kyle. Named Kyle. And he's been slaving over the case, bro, because, like, he's, like, the highest level in the pro apps. He's, really? like, the, the top dog at pro apps. And, and he like, doesn't know what's going on? He has no clue. Is I it rebought Logic, when, re-downloaded Final Cut. So, like, the first, whatever, 30 minutes of the audio will be fine, and then it starts drifting? You, it's about 10, 10 minutes. 10 minutes in? It's every 10-minute increment. So, oh. then, so then I'll I'll drag it over right after 10, cut it. Drag Fix it over, it, yeah. cut it. But, damn. I'm, I mean, I like to run this efficiently, so all I'd have to do after this is just drag the audio over with the 
Did you ask the big dog? Big J? Big J. He he said it's like a total novelty in recording. Nobody knows why it happens. (laughs) That kind of sounds like a BS answer from who I'm not going to lie. I think, yeah, I think he was busy. (laughs) He's like, (laughs) ah, my knee, ah, my neck. (laughs) You know, is he sleeping here right now? I don't know. I haven't seen him. Word. Um, So you come to Stu, right? Mm -hmm. This is a year ago. Yeah. But you got to understand, it was so different when I showed up. Like, I don't think you guys all realize that. It was literally just me and John all day. There was no one else here. Alex was here. I don't know if you guys know, but Alex was the engineer who ran the B-room before everyone else showed up, and John had to let him go um, because shit just wasn't working out. But they were mad separate. They didn't talk really all day. So it was just me in the room watching John and clients coming in and out. And he wasn't as busy as he is now. None of the interns? Mm Mm-mm. I was the intern. I was the one cleaning up and doing all this shit. And um, then when I was done cleaning up stuff, I would just sit next to John and watch him work for hours and hours and hours. I That was my job this summer. I had, like, a job at Tufts to make some money. But, like, I told my parents I was working at the studio. Well, that meant I was just watching John use Pro Tools for hours every day. What, what was the job at Tufts? Um, like, I had this, a like, gym type thing? No, that probably would have been better than what I did. I had this job as, like, a front desk employee mm-hmm. for, like, the Tufts summer program they coordinate all like the summer college programs tufts runs and i was like the front desk like the first face people saw but like they didn't tell us the shifts would be whack (laughs) (laughs) so like i would have like a midnight to 8 a.m shift uh it's cheeks yeah i was like hallucinating (laughs) (laughs) and it's the school as your employer yeah i oh yeah i I might as well say this um i got fired at the end of the summer they canned you why you stopped showing up (laughs) yeah i was just coming here (laughs) And the, my boss loves me. She still loves me. She, like, hit me up to work again for her this she summer. Say, you know I was I like, absolutely fire. not. But <laughs> at so the end of the day, you know I got to fire you. Yeah, right? I was like, no, it's totally cool. Like, I get it. I didn't show up, like, that, three times in a row. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. I, John loves that story. What, what, is, t- is the Tufts community fun in the summer? Um, Some people liked it at PC. I thought it was, like, a barren wasteland. I At first, it was weird because you walk around campus, and it's really nice, and no one's there. And it kind of feels... Like, haunting in a weird way. Yeah, I felt the same way. Um, But then I got used to it, and, like, to be honest, I was here most of the time. But, like, I remember 4th of July was lit. Um, There was shit going on. And it was yeah, fun. Yeah, same shit as PC. Yeah, like, I don't know. There was just completely different atmosphere in the summer. Because kids are, like, uh, they're, they're not stressed. That's really what it is. School brings so much stress, especially yeah, t- at Tufts. Yeah, Tufts brings a lot of stress, for sure. Yeah, there. like, it's a huge problem. Like, they, Tufts, like, talks about it all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, because you guys give us so much fucking work. Like, that's what it is. <laughs> I, I know, and it's just not. I, I just can't even get into it. It's just yeah, not, we could spend three podcasts talking about school. the college. Yeah. yeah I know. So, how was the studio? What was the progression of its growth from now to? I mean, from when you started to now. So over the summer, just more and more interns and help came on, or no, it kind of happened all at once. Was was the interesting part when the podcast started? Is that when we <laughs> started? I'm serious though. Oh, um, that was like October, early October. Yeah, that would be about the same time. So at the end of the summer is when Geechee and Carleb came to the studio. And at first... How that, did Thought find this place? Bro, I have no idea. I have no idea how he does anything, bro, to bro, be honest. Bro, bro, bro. <laughs> my boy. Yeah, the other day, you know we, you know how like he sees anybody he knows and he gets so hyped? That's my guy. So there was like six of us setting up the new shit in the B-room and we all FaceTimed him. And um, he started having a seizure. Eh, bro, 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 bro. We bro. all just passed around the camera. FaceTime, showed him our face, hung up, passed it to the next person, and he was freaking out. He's like, why are you guys doing this to me? <laughs> That's hilarious. He's getting so tight. <laughs> bro, 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 bro. Every time he saw a face, he'd be like, hey, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
highs and lows, bro. Yeah, yeah, just bringing him up and down. Yeah, that's but I don't know how he found this place. I don't know how Geechee found this place. But they just, like, walked in. Geechee's like, I don't know. Geechee walks in. He's like, I've done over 100 sessions. <laughs> John's like, all right, cool. I use Pro Tools. And Geechee's just like, oh. Uh. Uh, bro, I know. That's what he said. He's like, yeah, Geechee kind of... Uh, he kind of exaggerated his experience before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't, dude, there's gotta be a word that's like more lied. You just lied about it. <laughs> Can't hey, even say exaggerated. He's still here though, right? I mean, no. Were you, were you here the day I came in? <laughs> no, I don't think so. You weren't? So yeah, that's the thing. I had like a lot of shit going on in school and outside in like my personal life last semester. So I took like two weeks off and I come back after two weeks. Jesus Max is absurd. here. Adam's here. You're here. That guy Barrels was here. Barrels? Barrels was that engineer who was here for a hot minute he went crazy though and john had to let him go i don't remember him he was mad sus he was here when um like the ysl guys game came the first time oh word okay but yeah i came back after two weeks and i was mad flustered because i was so used to it being me and john and like the, the at the end of the summer you got you got in a groove yeah that was kind of when i started doing sessions i literally july 17th first time i ever did a session tony spinola the guy. Yeah. And he was mad chill. In this room or A room? A room. I never worked in here before, uh, like, September. All and, I knew and was my, And this fucking room has changed. Ten yeah. Times, huh? Yeah, ten times over. But, like, I came back after that two weeks, and all these new people were here hustling hard, you know, making this shit go. And I didn't know what my role was. I felt mad, like, insecure. I was like, do I still have a place here? Yeah. And then, like, I just grinded it out, came back over winter break, put in the work, and, like, back now. Nice, man. Yeah, but yeah, I've seen this place change so much in a year, which is wild. Can't wait to see what happens in the next year. That's what I was saying. I just felt like I don't, I don't know if it was synonymous with the show growing, but like, I was just like, damn, bro, the show's growing like kind of fast. It's still really growing, but and then I was like, the studio kind of seems like it's growing fast as fuck yeah. too. So I kind of see it as like John use John is bigger than the studio. You know what I mean? For sure. And he uses the studio, and the podcast uses the studio. And, like, the growth kind of all three of those things kind of, like, intertwines and works, harm like, in harmony. Like, they're all growing together. I know. For sure. I mean, like, I just didn't know, just when we started, I just didn't know if that was the nature of the studio. Oh. But I started to realize, I was like, damn, no, things are, like, they had, like, Atlantic meeting here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Atlantic A&Rs were here. Th- that, that YSL was here, Trippy Red, Snoop, bro, like. I know, like, crazy talk. Yeah, like hopefully it's getting to the point where like, like I don't know if you know, but Juicy J's artist was in here last night. What, what was his name? Az, I think Henry Az, right? Yeah, from I, two p.m. to two a.m. Just killing it. The white kid, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he had a show at the Middle East. Okay, but was his manager here too? <sighs> I don't know if he, he had might a, have been. I don't you know, know if he had a show recently. I don't know if he had a show recently. I know he had one over the summer that okay. the promoter hit me up. But yeah, he works hard and he had some dope music. But right. like, it's getting to the point where it's just more and more label people in here you know what i mean that's fire yeah which makes things easier to run more official like shit's booked in advance i mean you and i both know there are certain things about the studio that has to change for <laughs> yeah, sure i mean yeah but that but, but but that's one thing it's like i'm learning about like the nature of studio life mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's just like i've been in other studios this one's obviously the most loosey goose for sure <laughs> but like <laughs> But we get shit done. No, no, for sure. But I think that just kind of speaks to the the environment of the studio that there's all these moving parts. Yeah. 
I think it kind of helps, don't you? I, I the love chaos, the atmosphere. The chaos. Yeah, like I thrive on that. I do too, for sure. Yeah. Jack, it, do you? Jack doesn't I, like the chaos. No, I, okay. he wouldn't hang around me if he didn't he like it. He could just draw on the corner. Suits <laughs> 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 pissed. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's like a lot of that has to do with the way John runs it. And John, you know, is John, and he's pretty loose. But um, chaos. I love that, bro. Like, I love that. Like, because you know what I mean? No, you never really hear the word no in the studio. Like, the answer is always, let's try that. Mm-hmm. And that's super cool. And, like, hopefully, Except you know. Don't light candles. No. Don't light candles in the studio. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. No candles. Don't do that. No candles. Unless you're Snoop. Um, you lit one? Yeah. <laughs> John, yeah, you can do it. <laughs> I love you, Snoop. Um, Hopefully, like, you know, one day John's probably going to go to L.A. And I'll be here. Like, I want to keep things the same way that John has them. You know, we're like, it's a very you creative a fire, atmosphere. fire studio manager as well, though. You know what I'm saying? If you were to take full, like, audio responsibility, your time, much like John's, is going to be totally occupied in that room. Yeah. Oh, yeah Ooh. <laughs> Camera can't see it. That's why you need the sweatshirt. <laughs> oh, oh, I used to You went out last night? Yeah. What are you doing there for, little bro? Step bro. Bro, I swear to <laughs> God, I was hanging out with my friend, and I was like, I'm going to go to bed early. Then my boy comes home. He's like, got bruised in the fridge. Let's go. You got smacked. Yeah. <laughs> That's <was> tough. <laughs> is what it is, though. No I'm hang- feeling good now. No hanging? No hangover? No. Coffee and some Dasani sparkling lime water does the trick for me. Whoa. I thought it was normal water. I'm not going to lie. Just grabbed it real quick. Dunkin' Donuts. Shout out to Dunks. Big shout out to Dunks. Yeah, yo, securing a Dunks sponsorship would be a fire. I know. I spoke poorly on Dunks once. I did. Uh, It was like an early episode, and then I I made sure I Mm -hmm. went back. I was like, no, I like Starbucks. (laughs) I do. I fuck with Starbucks heavy. Uh, I'm not a big Starbucks guy. I I love Starbucks, but Dunkin' has the dopest, strongest brand that people are so loyal to. Yeah, they have done wild. such a like. Can you name another brand where people are like, "Yo, I need Dunks." Dunkin's is popping, bro. Yeah, they really killed that. I shit. like the Starbucks coffee. I love the Starbucks. Oh yeah, coffee. that's fair. Clean. Yeah. But I mean, like, you go to like Dunkin's bacon egg and cheese, you're like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, for real though. Everybody at the studio like, and then what's dope is the Dunk is twenty four seven here. So like, and and, no and then, and then Nico got the bakery hookup. <laughs> yeah, Nico. Fire. Shout out Nico. Works at the studio. Dope guy. Dope producer. Makes donuts. So like, he'll come in at all hours of the days. Just like yo, maple bacon donuts. That's fire. Blesses us. <laughs> I know that's fire. <laughs> yeah, I love Nico. So, studio studio grows a lot, right? Things yeah. are happening very fast. Mm-hmm. Is there a certain duality you think in your life right oh, now? Oh, totally. John and I were just talking about that. There's a duality to everything. Like, we started thinking now when we think about a problem in a song when we're engineering, there's a duality to it. There's a good side and a bad side. And if you can find something that, like, attacks both, that's dope. Elaborate. So, like, if I'm working on, like, I was just doing this film stuff um, with, like, ukulele, cello, and violin parts. And, um,. There was like this main cello line that's like played throughout the whole thing. And it was kind of like popping out too much at certain points. And then like you couldn't hear it at certain other points. Um, and I guess the duality to that would be like you can't make it louder because that wouldn't fix the problem. And you couldn't make it softer because that wouldn't fix the problem. So you got to find something that like attacks both. Okay. You know what I mean? Every problem kind of has two sides to it. So when I say duality, I mean in your life. Right yeah. Now. I'm Yeah. But I'm saying like that philosophy is something I try and apply to everything. Like the idea of duality two sides every story yin every yang. yeah 
Totally. You have That's, any tats? No, but I'm trying to get that Phoenix Down tattoo. Oh, you want that? Yeah, I hit up the guy on Instagram yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> no, no bullshit. Did, did you see the animation? Like, me and Jack worked so hard on this animation for the studio. And we we're like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm going to start recording out of this studio. We worked so hard. John was like, yeah, it's not it, man. <laughs> oh, really? I never knew that that he, like, buried it. He was just like, ah, oh, nah. He's like, my. And then he called. I don't know who he's talking about. He said he had an Instagram intern. Is it Johnny? It's Udo, yeah. <laughs> he said, my Instagram intern made this. And it was the logo. But do you see the one we've been using? Have you seen it? Yeah, and like the bottom of the screen. Yeah. With the wings. Yeah. Yeah. That's fire too, right? Yeah, they're both fire. They they can both be good. A du- Maybe we should do that, Jack. A double logo. Two deers. There's Derek, and then there's just like a big buck. Just mad muscular. That would be sick. I, th- I think at a certain point, this will mature to a certain point. Where we're like, yeah, let's do that. Sketch it up, Jack. So, uh, again, I want to elaborate on Jack's skills. I do. Jack is, I'm not fucking with you. Works more efficiently. (laughs) Listen, he works more efficiently, faster, and more creative than any other graphic artist I've ever encountered. He's 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 being soft like an artist. Like I don't want to market my product if it's not done. (laughs) Ruins the authenticity of it. (laughs) It's like, dude, hit the road, pal. Hit up Jack at JD Bigelow ninety six. That's it. <laughs> Was it Jack Bigelow? Dude, sack up and stop being a lady. Jack Bigelow on Instagram for all of your graphic needs. He does album covers. He does um, self portraits. Hit up Josh. Oh yeah, give me your plug. How to find you? Oh yeah, you can hit me up via the Phoenix Down phone number. Or find me on Instagram, Josh underscore Shoeback. His page is small, but his product is great. That's true, and the page is growing. So, And if you look, the content's all fire. We got Snoop pick. We'll get a podcast pick. Podcast pick. Jeezy pick. Oh, yeah. Who did you just do a project with? Um, You talking about the Chrome stuff or the Jeezy album? Oh, we got to talk about both. The yeah. Boston. Boston George, yeah. Boston. So John and I finished mixing this mixtape with Boston George and Young Jeezy, just Jeezy now, on it. That was a pretty dope first, like, label project I've ever worked on. And I learned a ton from that, bro. Because, like, John and I had to do all the credits, like, the official credits for the label. So I learned how all that shit works. What do you mean, official credits? Um, Like, who produced each track? Who are the writers? Who are the engineers? Who recorded it? Who mixed it? So like, Oh, word. So just, like, a film credit. Yeah, same shit. But, so so like, that's usually on the engineer? To no, that? usually it's on the A&R. So then why did you have to do it? Great question. Because uh, the A&R who was assigned to this project got put on it pretty late. And he's like Big Sean and like all these other people's engineers. Uh, A&R at Def Jam. So it just kind of fell on John in my lap. Pretty unprofessional. Um, I wouldn't say unprofessional. Just like this wasn't the biggest project for Def Jam or this A&R. So like. Oh, so you guys were like, oh, we'll just take care of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so like that included like doing the lyric. Like I had to listen to this whole project like. I'm not even kidding, probably like 50 times, and write down the lyrics to every song. Wow. I, yeah, it was... I had Max and Radar help me. What What are their... Do they have, like, clear enough delivery? No, they're from Atlanta, bro, and I couldn't understand, like, half the words. There's a little foreign car whipping in the... <laughs> from the hood. <laughs> whipping no. that soda. Shout out Radar, though, because he helped me so much, because Radar would just be like, oh, he's saying that. And then like, he translated it. You know they, they like, use the term soda, chicken? It, it means he's creating crack have you, cocaine. Have you guys ever heard the term chicken? Yeah. Money. No, not for money. For or, drugs. Oh, I'm trying to get that chicken. 
Like no, like a chicken is like a kilo of coke. Oh yeah, no, exactly. I'm trying to get that bread basket type shit. You feel no, me? like he would keep saying a quarter chicken. It, bro, yeah, I'm selling a quarter chicken. No, you could buy the bro. whole chicken, but yeah. I'm selling a quarter. Chicken. I know. Yeah, it's like I I, I want that six piece. They say that shit. <laughs> los, hermanos, los, hermanos. los pollos hermanos. Yeah, it's like I'm, I want to flip a chicken at the same time. I want some roast beef. Yeah, same shit. Yeah, it's on that same <laughs> shit. Yeah, I don't even know, bro. It was just like it was 5 a.m. and we're writing down lyrics. Uh, you were losing your mind. I've seen you on a couple tough mornings. Yeah, there was one morning you called me. I was like, I'm going to class. You're like, you cannot go to class. <laughs> I was like, damn, bro, you seem like a wreck. You're my step, bro. You better respect our family name. That was the night Trippy came and I just stayed up. That was fire. Yeah, he was so dope, bro. Pause. He, he was so cool. <laughs> he was just nice. Like, he introduced himself. Most people don't do that. Yeah, I feel you. You, you guys are also the same age. Yeah, that's true. Like, he definitely was a kid. You know what I mean? Like, his team treated him like that, too. It's weird. Getting famous mad young. Yeah, I can't I should, imagine. I actually think I always want it. I'm not even fuck with you. But then... <laughs> I, I always think I, I was like, yeah... At 19, I was like, yo, it'd be fire to be famous. But then I was, I was thinking, I was like, yo, I've learned, like, so much shit just by eating shit. Yeah. H- have you have you felt, like, periods here where you're like, yo, I've, like, really been grinding through bullshit? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Like, when I was here over winter break, that was a huge period of that. Um, it was like, whack. It wasn't even whack. I was just grinding. You know what I mean? Like, putting in time, like, doing whatever was asked of me. Like, ta- but have you been taking L's? I mean, to be honest. Oh, in that sense? Yeah. First session I ever did, bro, um, in the A-room with John, this client wants more time. John that was Tony. N- okay. Tony's the first, like, session I ever did where he showed up and I was, like, he knew I was going to be the engineer. Just you. Yeah. Um, there was a session before that where John had a client, he wanted more time, so I took him into the B-room and he kept complaining about this delay on his voice. And I turned off all the plugins and Pro Tools and he was like, it's still there. And I was sweating bullets, freaking could, out. Could you, was there a delay? Well, I couldn't hear it because, like, it would come out sounding normal to me. But, like, when he spoke and then heard himself in his headphones, there was a delay. Turns out it's this thing called the sample rate. Mad yeah. easy fix. I didn't know at the time. He ended up leaving. He was pissed. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I know. And, and also, it's a tough position to be in because it's like you take him into this room and they're paying, like, top dollar to fucking come mix. Yeah. Well, the thing about those mistakes is you make them and you'll, ne- you'll never make them again. Exactly. Same shit. Yeah. Like, I'm sure you've made mistakes with, like, the film stuff and the podcast. Oh. <laughs> Learned the hardest way. Yeah. I mean... Tech on the... I don't think I've taken more L's than on, te- on technical end. Technical has been the biggest bitch for years. Yeah. <laughs> Question. Yeah, how that's do, not your strong suit. How, how does an engineer set their rate? So, I really go off what John does. And, like, I feel that my rate right now is $50 an hour for this room. And I feel like... If you come in, is that your worth? Yeah, like I, if you pay me a hundred dollars for two hours, I'm gonna make your shit sound good, and I think that's like worth the hundred dollars. You know what I mean? And you're also paying for the equipment too, like this really nice, you in know, the atmosphere. Yeah, like we have a great microphone that you're not gonna get in your home. We got the recording booth, we got the interface, you know, we got all the plugins. So like that's part of it too. Like you're paying for the gear. And as a, the brand of the studio increases yeah casual prices exactly like when john started working with gz prices went up his personal price yeah so i mean so when you achieve certain credits that 
can bump your price up. Yeah, totally. So and when the so studio gets nicer, like when John got that new desk and like redid the A room kind of prices went up. So that, so the biggest investment you can make as an engineer is just working with clients who have both potential and are already on. Yeah, and there's a fine line between that because if you just try and work with people who are already on, it's gonna be tougher to make a name for yourself. What you really want to do is get on that project where that guy first makes a name for himself and then blows up. Yeah, because that's that's that's, that's, really, that's legacy shit. That's not what happened with John though. No, I mean in his case it was Jeezy who's mad established, but like John is still thinking about that all the time. He like, you know Stripes. Yeah. Stripes is like one of those artists who like, he got could signed, be. right? Yeah, but he still doesn't have any music out really. So like, no one really knows How did who Stripes that happen? is. Do you not know the story, bro? You're gonna love this. No. Stripes commented on Pusha T's Instagram. I'm gonna be bigger than Drake. Watch me. Pusha T sees it, likes it, goes to Stripes page, sees that it's private, requests to follow him. Ends up DMing him, flies out here to check him out, comes to the studio, loves Stripes, loves his music, signs him. Two and a half, two year deal, or five album deal. Five album deal. That's not real life, is it? Dude, I swear to God, that's how it happened. <laughs> Gave him a five album deal. And now he's just like, Boy. why would Pusha T ever do that? Dude, he was just mad interested. He's like, who's this guy talking shit? Who's but how page many people is would do that on a page? Well, the only reason it worked out is because he heard his music. Like, before he came here, he heard Stripes' music, too. And was like, this is fire. The music was hidden. Yeah. Have you heard any of his stuff? I, he doesn't have anything online. I, I mean, I have some, but well, I can play for you after the secret podcast. Stash. Yeah. He's got a album finished, ready to come out. John did all the whole thing here. Let's go. Finished that over the summer. Um, And he's got, you know, have you seen this Def Jam project that's coming out with, like, 10 artists on it? No. Steven Victor, who's an A&R at Def Jam. And a couple other guys organized this project for like 10 young artists they signed where they put them in different studios in LA all day, every day for like two weeks. And the output worked them to a core sweatshops. Don't say that, but like for real worked hard. (laughs) And like the output of two weeks was an album with like these 10 dope young artists. And Stripes is one of them. If you watch the promo for it, um, one of the guys calls Stripes the Jimi Hendrix of rap. That's fire. (laughs) Yeah. So, at a certain, here's a question. Let's say you and I, right, we're old men. Okay. Jack's long gone. <laughs> I'm I'm going first, honestly. Easily. But you and I were on some boss talk, right? Mm-hmm. Let's say like 10 years. We're on some swag shit. Okay, well, we're more. not old men in 10 years, but continue. Well... My longevity, I'll be pretty old, to be honest with you. <laughs> right? We're on some swag shit. Mm-hmm. If you could operate at your highest level of both business and career, where would you be? And what would be happening? Damn. If I'm... For a gen- just, just let it mull in for a second. For a generalized question, that is a great question. Do you just compliment your own question? Sometimes you I did. ask Jack if they're profound. Sometimes he's like, dude, you're a retard. Uh, you're, you're not the smartest. <laughs> um, so I guess there's levels to it. I want to be the best engineer in the country. Bam! Simple as that. I want to fucking kill this shit. You know? I want to s- learn what all the greats are doing and steal that shit and then do it better. Um, that's like, that's like competitive. Nice. Yeah, super competitive. And then I guess the next level on top of that is putting on other people. 
and you know working more on like the business side of things like jimmy ivy ness moving from engineering into producing into like management to business yeah and i see myself going down that path and that's honestly one of the reasons that like i still kind of care about school because like i take like finance and business classes and i learn shit that's like I actually learned a thing you and you're killing th- it you actually learn things in business in your business class? I'm taking this class right now, entrepreneurial finance. Oh, God, it's fake. It is fake. You Dude, think you're learning something. I would agree. I have this awesome professor, though, who killed it in business, bro. And, like, is like, I'm going to work you hard, but I'm only going to teach you shit that you need to know. Yeah, so did he, say, does he, did he tell you to get a textbook? No. Okay, fire. <laughs> he literally said, like, the textbook that would be for this class sucks and is boring, and I'm not going to make you read it. At the most base entrepreneurial mindset why would you spend a thousand dollars on textbooks yeah this <laughs> it makes no sense dude, i'm telling bro. you you would fuck with this professor because like he's all about like learning real shit that's practical all of our homeworks are like stuff that's made by him either from like his real life business experience or like stuff that he's made up to like how how are they going to teach someone how to connect with another human they can't book? teach that they can't but he can teach you like how the numbers work and like the What's metrics Frank Apeshi, you could look him up. He killed it, bro, in business. Frank Apeshi. Yeah. Sounds like a mob boss. <laughs> He's like this skinny old white dude, super chill. That's fire. But um, yeah, like he teaches like you know, like this metric when you look at a small business, like this is like a huge metric. I could see you being good with the numbers. I'm okay. I used to be better at math, but I haven't taken a math class in like three years. Quick math, quick math, quick math. Quick math. <laughs> quick cash app for a four hour session. <laughs> and that's a reduced rate, correct? If you go four hours here? Six hours. Six hours when it starts reducing? For the B room is the reduce rate. A room works a little differently. But is it negotiable? Yes. It always is. Uh, open, yeah. up, open up new clients. It all, it's negotiable. I hate to say it's negotiable because then, like, you get people just ask, like, you know, begging all the time for the cheaper rate. But uh, depends. Depends on the relationship with the client and how long the session is and, like, a bunch of other factors. So I want to dip back to you saying you want to be the biggest audio engineer in the country. I yeah. fuck with that. I'm, I'm glad you got that ego tip in you. Good. But it also speaks to your competitive past. Oh. So Josh. Yes, Connor. Used to be. <laughs> I, I want to make sure I give you the right designation, but a world-renowned, country-renowned, district-renowned? You can say country. Country-renowned. I was renowned. known on the coast. Country-renowned. Not athlete. No, wait, not, wait, no, what? Fuck you! I was, <laughs> I was actually an athlete, not a traditional athlete. All right, I'll take that. But a table tennis champion. Yeah, that's fire. Yeah, bro, it was super cool. Can uh, you elaborate on that? That's like a very. That's an interesting. Fact. Yeah, I like. I didn't know about it either before I started playing. Um, so I always was like good at ping pong. You know, like playing in basements and like wherever, and like friends' houses. Playing and sting then, pong with your boys. <laughs> sure. And then, um, (laughs) um, this guy, actually the crossword editor for the New York times, Will Shorts is his name, ping pong fanatic guy loves the sport and he lives in (laughs) Westchester and he bought a building 15 minutes from my house and opened up a 13,000 square foot table tennis center, (laughs) 20 tables, 24 foot ceilings open all the time. He's created a gauntlet seven days a week. $2,000 $2,000 tables, like padded rubber flooring. This place was A1. What did he, he was the editor at New York Times? Crossword editor. He did all the crossword puzzles. For the New York Times? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he has like a bunch of Sudoku books. That's where he made all his money. So that's a big bag? Yeah. 
he made all his money in the, writing the Sudoku. He's written like all the Sudoku books, bro. That's <laughs> such an interesting career. So well, yeah, especially in Asia. He goes to Asia, and that's like the biggest newspaper in the world. So yeah, and he works for the New York Times. Like he's yeah. the cross. He yeah. is the crossword guy. You know what I mean? It it does not no, surprise it does not surprise me that the crossword guy is also he's the puzzle yeah he's a table it, tennis it fits fanatic. so well he's like one's for the mind and one's for my body <laughs> um, he's the puzzle guy is what he is and so he opened up this stadium of so him and this guy who was my coach Robert Roberts um, who is a world renowned table tennis player from Barbados actually and played internationally moved to New York him and Robert together opened up this place with Will like being the doing the financing and Robert like running the day-to-day operations and so what so what they just wanted to create a center for table tennis literally you want to know why they did it because Will wanted a place to play where because they would go to like different um like um public places like YMCA's and shit and set up like three days a week and Will was like I just want a place because Will lived two minutes from the center that was the whole thing Will was like I want a place two minutes from my house where I could play every day this guy played every day played a thousand days in a row (laughs) So, so you did kind of what you do at Phoenix Down, and you just hit the place up, saying, hey, man, I want to come play? So I went one day, and my other coach, this guy, Rawl, who I, Rawl's the man, um, gave me an hour lesson for free, just because. And I was like, Mom, I have to come back. <laughs> like, I have How to come back. How old are you, 16? No, I was like 12 at that point. Oh, damn, you were, you were at it young. Yeah, I was 7th grade, and I were, think it was the summer. You were playing other sports? Yeah, I played baseball and basketball and, like, a little soccer. But, like, baseball was kind of my shit. And then it just became ping pong. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I got summer going into ninth grade. So I got like, really was it, good. Was it a traditional practice schedule? Like, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday? You, like, so, show up for three hours? Um, Yeah. It was, like, me and this other kid, Matt, like, trained together. And we had, like, pretty, like, rigid schedules. Like, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. We're there at four, training till like, eight. We had a coach giving us drills. In the summers, we would go hard. Same shit like I do here. Like, in the summers, I was there eight hours a day playing, training. <laughs> yeah, this dude working. Dude, like, imagine so this being it, the What is this training? You just play? So, um, or, or you do single off the wall? No, you don't do off the wall shit. A lot of it is working, like, physical training, like, just getting in shape. Because ping pong, the way tournaments work, you play, like, 15 matches a day. So you got to be able Endurance. to go. Yeah, exactly. Hit mobility. So, like... Totally. So, like, if this is a table, we would do this drill where we would run from, like, one side of the table to the other in, like, a squatting position, one hand behind our back, and you just touch each side as you go, and you do that for 30 minutes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It sounds awful. I loved it, bro. I love the, like, monotonous nature of it. Like, it's just the same shit over and over until you perfect it. Uh, it's kind of like engineering. Mm-hmm. Didn't yeah. you I, learn some discipline via table tennis? Totally. I apply the same shit that I learned from that to this stuff. I have a question. When you were playing, and so you played through high school... Mm-hmm. It was like my life, especially junior year before I went to the Olympic trials. Are you went to the Olympic trials? Yeah, I went to the Rio 2016 Olympic trials. Wow. How'd you perform? Not my best, bro. <laughs> it's a sad story. <laughs> it apart. broke my heart. I uh, was playing this kid. If I lost this match, I was out of the tournament. Um, I He was up two, He was up 3-0. I end up coming back. 3-3 three, three in games. It's best out of seven. Yeah. Deuce in the last game. Wow. My serve. I have the advantage. I win this point move on this kid's out i lose i'm out he moves on toss up the ball to serve a little higher than i normally toss it hits my thumb on the way down as i'm serving pops up kid smacks it i'm devastated he ends up winning the next two points and wins the match Uh, broke my heart didn't play for like two months after that big big tears big tears not even tears bro just like sadness you know i was just sat there like this like i remember he came (laughs) over to shake my hand and i was just like good game 
so what is what is the culture the table tennis youth culture heavily um asian influence i was gonna say the demographic i'm, I'm assuming is asian uh, some indian yeah some indian back it was actually indian um a lot of chinese people a lot of korean people i because i told my coach was from barbados i grew up around a lot of people playing who were from the caribbean trinidad barbados the, all the islands jamaica um and those were super chill guys <laughs> Um, but then like, I also would play, like I had people from Germany who I knew played Poland, pretty popular in Germany. Um, so who's like that? Who's the God right now? Like the ping pong God in the world. Yeah. Ma Long. Chinese. Yeah. The dragon, bro. They call him the dragon. (laughs) Yeah. That's like what his name means. Is he juiced up? Uh, he's pretty jacked. I was going to say, I bet the bit, the dopest dude is just huge. Yeah, bro. I mean, their legs are massive. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. They're pretty swole. Um, yeah, there's a German guy, Timo Bull. The best guy of all time that was actually Swedish, which is dope. What's his name? Jano V. Wallner. Wow. Yeah, he's like, bro, they love him in China. He like walks through <laughs> China and they mob him in the streets. That's it's hilarious. mad parties. So, they love him in China. So, yo, I mean, you probably, he's probably still nice, I'm assuming, right? You're probably still there. Yeah, I played in a collegiate tournament the other week, like last weekend, and like didn't lose a match. Fucking killed it. So, so what's it like? Like, what is the competition? Like, I'm just, I don't, I don't mean to pass any sort of judgment here, but when I picture people who are really infatuated with table tennis, I picture a lot of people who are naturally more introverted. Yeah. Um, and then I would say that's not far off. And and it's just, it's a weird dynamic when someone very introverted becomes very competitive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Totally. That's really like pretty spot on. What I would say is, um, the thing with table tennis in this country is there's no career for it. So people get really good. They turn 18, they go to college, and they stop. So all the best the players were... as high as you can take it. Yeah. So, like, but most of the people at the Olympic trials were kids my age at the time. 18 years old, 17 years old, 19 years old. You know what I mean? So, like, I was playing most... Like, the best players in the country were kids my age that I was playing against. Wow. Like, I was in that mix. So, like, it was a... Like, you didn't have, like mature adults playing you know it was kids and kids get like really intense and get Mm -hmm. mad and shit so there are fights and shit yeah people throwing their paddle people throwing their paddles not shaking hands i would love yelling matches parents get involved because of course you got intense parents in every sport it's the same thing with ping pong dude we need to start a show on that alone (laughs) ping pong parents no just like the environment i can just imagine it just being like all these very introverted kids, for the most part, mm-hmm. become just crazy competitive and obsessed with a game that most see as just kind of juvenile. Yep. And then you have these parents who are probably really hard on their kids to be better at ping pong. Yeah. Especially. People don't even think that shit's real. Yeah, it's very real. It's like, but that happens in every sport. You have intense soccer bombs. Basketball. I know, but that's soccer. What I'm saying is people wouldn't think about this in ping pong. Yeah, they wouldn't think, but it's the same thing. And like, I've seen mad fights. There's like tournament directors. They give yellow cards and red cards in ping pong. I don't know if you knew what, that. for attitude? Yeah, like if you kick the table, we're like cursed. You get a yellow card. So <laughs> like you choke the ref. Like I, my friend Sharon, who's now like the best player in the country. Uh, he's, he's from Westchester? He's from Jersey, but I used to train with him in Westchester. He's two years younger or three years younger than me. Um, he would get so pissed. And like I've seen him like kick the table, get a red card, lose the match. Oh, my God. It's really funny. Yeah. So but, what? Do you ever think about taking, doing another whack at it? Um, no, nah, I was so heartbroken after that Olympic trials loss. Oh, bro, don't be a loser. Bro. <laughs> I mean, I got this stuff now, but... If you still got the sauce, you still got the sauce. I, I really did think about, like, trying to go to Europe and play. Because, like, that's what a lot of the good kids do. They go train at, like... money out there for it? Um, yeah. I would have had to improve a lot. 
and it would have been like a huge sacrifice. So I didn't really want to put in the time. And I, here's the thing: also, it's a sport you can play your whole life. So like, I'm looking forward to that. I'm gonna play ping pong my whole life. Yeah. Can I also be honest? I don't want to reveal too much because we're live, but dude, you should just start putting up mad ping pong content on your Instagram. People are gonna be like, "Yo, this kid is the fucking man." Dirty at ping pong. He's also popping on. Here's the thing: I agree? like it to be a low key thing, you know, uh, like. Oh, you want to play some ping pong? Yeah. Sure. And then I'll I just roast them. You. I'll beat, I'll, like, I'll beat people in my phone. I would love to. We're getting a table. John and I are going to go to like Dick's Sporting. Could you teach me to be better? Not even joking. I could teach you to be better in like 30 minutes. Oh, let's do it. Yeah. And Jack, you too, Jack. Jack's good too. used to be nice. Yeah, me and Jack used to play all the time. Yeah. Every, see, everybody always says that. I love that. Because like, that's the thing. Ping pong is low-key popular. It's accessible. It's so accessible and it's fun. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of, like everyone's like, yo, there was a one summer or some shit where I played so much ping pong. Was there a was there ever a match where there was like a big crowd? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How big? Maybe a thousand people. <laughs> wow. You win? Uh yeah. Let's go. Yeah. There was one ma- one of my first big matches, I played this girl from Puerto Rico. And I ended up winning eighteen sixteen in the fifth game. And because the match took so long, you play to eleven usually. Oh, so is it, it the thing's unisex? No. I mean co ed. No. Usually not, but this one tournament happened to be. Are so. men significantly better than women? Yeah, that's interesting too. I mean, they're stronger. I get Hit it. The ball I get it. It's just, but it's a less physically demanding sport than totally. traditional sports. Totally, but like the strength still matters. Yeah. Um, but at this point, like I was only like fourteen, maybe fifteen at this time, so there were still like some co-ed events and tournaments, and um, because our match took so long. All the other matches had finished, and everybody was watching. Wow. And she had, like, this whole Puerto Rican squad there, and I, like... You were like... <laughs> Suck it! <laughs> yeah, that was, like, the first big match I ever won, and I was, like, an upset that I beat her, because she was, like, playing in, like, national tournaments, like, Let's international go. tournaments. Yeah, she, and probably, she probably hates your guts, bro. Yeah, she was tight. Yeah. She was, like, cursing me out in Spanish. Coño puta madre. She's really lived it. <laughs> hey, can you... Can you shoot me on fair and just check the camera? Oh, yeah. People don't know, bro. I'm glad you know now. We shoot this on a $15,000 camera. Yeah. This camera is so big, bro. What? 105? Nice. How have I been Damn. doing? Have I been doing a good job? Yeah, bro. Uh, yeah, that's another... Dude, you've gotten so much better at this. It's wild. It's, it's wild. We, see, what's, what's interesting is we initially... I just want... I still want to do it for the same reasons that's been happening, but like... This hosting is just kind of easy. <laughs> yeah, that's what you, that's what I say about engineering, bro. There's only three things you could do to a sound: change its volume, change its pitch, or change its rhythm. And effects, right? Yeah, and you could add effects, but that shit's just like to taste. Just easy. It's just like how do you facilitate a conversation? It's like, yeah, I don't know. Just be in the beginning, though, I thought you would be a little all over the place too much. You know what I mean? Like you want to hit this topic and this topic and this topic. I still do that though. Yeah, but now you're more natural about it. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of let the conversation go and like flow and you don't try and like steer it too much there we i've had some bad episodes oh I yeah i mean I've, I've seen bro what was the we don't have one? to say names but what was a really bad one i don't mind i don't, don't want to say it i don't mind you i don't want to say not because of you but because of him okay there's that you know what i'm talking about no there's a couple really bad ones honestly studio <laughs> mike was an interesting episode that was a good episode though it was, it was funny it was entertaining but i think it was only funny to us like, like i called it our, studio mike what? I call it Studio Mike. <laughs> yeah, everybody's so weak, and he's just talking about like some crazy that shit. That was a uh, really good episode. I hope Mike's though. doing well, bro. I, like I do too. What? I love that 
I lo- I I actually really liked that episode. I was like, okay, good. Yeah, because we were all just, watching that and dying, bro. It was just a different perspective. I was just like, okay. I was trying to deduce it, and, and Hector was off the sauce. Or <laughs> yeah, Hector was off the shits. Hector was rationalizing what was going on. I was like, yeah. what the fuck? Um, but no, it's really interesting if you look way back to mm-hmm. some of the earliest ones is just how much the aesthetic of the room has changed. Oh, yeah, that's a huge part of it. Like, the background looks so much sweeter now. Well, you know, we we John didn't want to stick me in this room first. He wanted to stick me in the recording booth. Didn't you guys do an episode in there? We did two. That's so funny, bro. That room is so small. It, was it smells tiny. like shit. And the walls are all red. <laughs> it's like a trip. And then and then we 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 were doing it with the table over there, brown walls, brown door. Yeah. I don't know why. I honestly don't know why. I mean, I kind of get it. This shit looked like crap before. This so. looks professional as fuck now, though, huh? Yeah, Max. Shout out Max, bro. We set this up one night. Constructed like, it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I wasn't here when they painted everything, but Max and I like got this desk set up and like got all this gear set up, and like this room is humming now. I'm so excited. Who's that? I have no idea. That's what I'm saying, bro. People just show up here, and you're like, "Who are you?" Like, you have to. Ask. That's that's the studio environment, though. You yeah, that's me? part of it. Well, like, it's kind of a problem now because people like the studio is becoming very. Uh, that's Johnny, right? Do so you have dreads now? That was not. Udo. I mean, braids. No, there's no way that was Udo. But like, you know, if you're here making beats or whatever in the live room, you're taking advantage of the studio. Like, it's a business, and that's stealing time. For sure. There needs to be more efficiency. That's Yeah, fine. well, it, it you know, happen. shout out John's wife, Caitlin. She came in last night. Hooked and, it up. Yeah, we just sat down and talked for like an, like the whole team sat down with her and talked for like an hour. How we, like, how are we going to improve things? What's wrong? Because John, I love John, but he doesn't have, he work, he's working 14 hour days. He doesn't have the time to deal with that shit well, or the energy. I know, that's what I've been saying. He's just like, stu- his studio's popping and his career's even more popping. Yeah. So like, like, fuck, man. Managing the day-to-day stuff that happens here is not it's tough. high on his list. Yeah. And it's tough for me because I'm still in school, but like hopefully this summer and then when I graduate, I'm just like killing that I stuff. Th- I think you've exuded solid leadership qualities. Thank you, bro. I appreciate that. For sure. I think, to be honest, I told John this. I think we should, and I'll help you, is do a calendar for the sea room. Yeah. Because I have so many, and this is something, because it's tough to reach, John, but there's so many clients I have that are ready to go. To record or just produce up there? Both. Okay. Thanks, Botvani. You're welcome, dude. You are welcome. So, listen. The studio... I'm just trying to think of, have I asked like a clip-worthy clip yet that the masses can understand? Because this has been a much more intellectual podcast than a, something surface level. You know how I put the clip in the middle? That's that great question about what we, what we like. Oh, yeah, that's a fire one. And I was like, I want to be the best engineer in the country. That is fire. But is it, is it applicable to the audience or to the episode? Think think market. Think market. Think market. Think market. Oh, oh. Do you like Eric Andre? Jack loves him. Yeah, I love Eric Andre, bro. I hate mail. I, I hate mail. It's, my thing is, how, I wonder how he pitched that show to Comedy Central. He definitely. Well, it's Adult Swim, so it's like I, I get it. Kind of more I, I get it, it, but like, what do you pitch? There's no linearity. I, to I, show. I think what he did was, I'm gonna take the idea of a talk show and flip it on its head, and kids are gonna fuck with it. Well, but that's not even what it is. That's, that is what There's it is. There's so much random, crazy but that's, shit. That's what he's like going at. Like, eat dirt. Dude, as you, like, if you watch Jimmy Fallon, everything is so fake and just like. 
Fallon's and like Eric Andre is a complete opposite of that, bro. You know what I mean? You like fu- the- you, you like Eric, you like Tosh? Daniel Tosh? Yeah. Yeah, I used to fuck with Tosh. Tosh is big growing up. I but, fuck with Tosh. To be honest, it's, an, it's something I've learned from the show. I have a lot of respect for these hosts. Mm-hmm. I have a ton of respect for these hosts. Kimmel, I... Yeah, I fuck with Kimmel. I, I don't fuck I, with Fallon, though. What, he's just too much energy for you? Yeah, I went to see him live once, and like... What just, is that like? What's a what's a live recording of a show like that? Like? The first thing that happens is a stand-up comedian comes out and it, like gets the crowd warmed up. It's at 30 up. Rock, right? Yeah. Wow. And so like the stand-up, you know, makes jokes, picks on people in the crowd, and gets everybody loose. And they have these big screens that you can't see on camera that tell you when to clap. So they like there's different like intensities of it. It's like clap a lot now. Woo! Or just like clap a little. Yeah. And um he'll redo stuff. He'll fuck up doing like his monologue and be like, let me run that line back. So it's weird, you know what I mean? He's oh he says that live? Yeah. Cause it's they film it at five PM. And then they release it at ten. At eleven, I think. But yeah. Then the edit's gotta be quick, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not, it's not they're they no, they're sharp with their stuff. Well, they, got a huge they know what they're doing. Team. Yeah, they have so many people working I wonder on if that's why podcasts have become a much more prevalent medium. I think so. Just because of the transparency. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what like I hate from those shows, and that's like why I love Eric Andre, because it's like I'm going to be honest with you. What's up, bro? be honest with everybody. I don't know if I want to say this on air. I'm, I might as well just say it, and we'll just see if it's a big deal afterwards. For Now that we're cutting back in for reference, Josh and I just were being good dudes. We just had to cut the camera. Um, so, yeah. so how was the Crumb Project? Different genre? So different, bro. You enjoy it? I loved it. It was one of the funnest things I've ever done. Music's amazing, man. Yeah, and their music, every time we opened up a new track, I was like, I can't wait to see what they do next. You they're, know? They're mad creative. Super creative, and they're all dope players. You know what I mean? They're like, nice their parts people, are all bro. tight. They were so chill. Like, artists way less big than them, like, get so tight when people walk into the room and shit. You know what I mean? They're like, yo, you can't remember this happening. Crumb was so chill. They were just like, what's up, bro? <laughs> like, okay, here's a kind of irrelevant question, but on that note... How have you been able to navigate ego with artists? That's interesting. That shit's tough, That's something right? I'm still learning. Because um, some artists want you to just be like, you're dope. This is fire. Some want you to be genuine and be like, yo, I think you can improve this, this, and this. How do you gauge that? Um, Record them. See how they react to their work. Because John- I- That is Johnny. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. What's up, bro? Mad backpacks. Looking yeah. like a sus boy. Um, yeah, like, you could tell by recording them, because, like, somebody will lay down a verse, and you know it's not that good, and they come back in, and they're like, this is fire, and you're like, alright, so this guy's not really, like, being critical of himself, and his work, and just, like, wants to think everything he does is fire, so I'm gonna kind of rock with that, but some artists come in, they listen, and they're like, no, I could do that better, I could do that better, you know. It's just weird how you gauge it because it's like you don't as an engineer you don't want to be openly critical of your clients. Yeah, in the beginning, but here's the thing, in the beginning I would tell everybody that they were fire. I would say that's awesome, you, you know. You can't be a yes man though, Exactly. you want to, to to produce the best product. Exactly. Right? That's why you got to read every situation and like know the artist you're dealing with. See, that's that's where you're going to that's why you're going to be successful at this shit because you understand people. I can imagine a lot of these dudes who are totally into their computer don't understand people as well. Yeah. And that's like, why John's successful too. Yeah, people don't realize. I think people think John's just like this tech nerd guy, but he understands people better than... He understands human nature very well. Yeah, better than almost anyone I've ever met. Like, he can really break down somebody's actions and shit and their motivations. I know, it, it's weird. That's just like a very... 
I'm sure you've probably heard that engineers probably have a difficulty dealing yeah. with clients. Yeah. Because for the most, I mean, you're in, you're in a people management business. You're working with clients. Like. But you're also working with a computer. Like, yeah, and a lot of engineers, I think, get caught up in this trap where they're, like, more concerned about making sure, sure their shit runs smoothly. So that means, like, doing things their way. And that's not what it is. You're there servicing the artist. So you got to make sure all of your shit is good to go for the artist, what's ever best for them, however they want to record, you know, however they want to work. That's all business. Yeah. That's all business ever. Yeah. You're in service of someone else. Exactly. You gotta get that. And people forget that. You're like, this is my studio. You're going to record my way. God damn it. Well, I think artists forget that too. Mm, depends. Some artists do. I'm saying the ones who I think have dealt with the ego problem is they got to realize that if they're going to be big successful just like any art medium you have to make it for other people at a certain point yeah you can't do it on your own i think drake's just a goat bro he's made so many have you listened to the mixtape that he threw up on like spotify and shit yeah so far gone Mm -hmm. yeah it's a goat well he just put the full version up yeah yeah yeah. the goat bro yeah dude i'm so hyped that he did that i've been listening to say what's real like too much it's a goat congratulations Bro, he's the goat. He's the goat. Yeah. We don't even got to talk about that. That shit's done and done. That's the goat. That's the goat. Yeah. Drake's like, Drake's the goal. Drake and 40, bro. Yeah. You, you aspire 40. Yeah, I want to be 40. So one interesting thing that he said way back, and I'd seen it in a documentary, which was like totally profound, but he was like, yo, 40 and I can go in the studio and we can go from start to finish. There's no middleman. Because 40 will also make the beat. Mm-hmm. And he'll, yeah. 40 will also mix and master. Yeah. That's a blessing. You're trying to get to that point? Totally. The, 40 and this other guy, Mike Dean, who's like Kanye's guy and Travis's yeah. guy, those are like my two heroes. They both, they do the production and the mixing and the master. Yeah, they do everything except sing the song. And can that's you, the way I think about it. Can you elaborate the difference between a mix and a master? Um. Yeah, people fuck this up all the time, but it's mad simple. Mixing is like that process of making something sound professional, like you could hear it on the radio. All mastering is really doing is making it louder and it's really for a whole album where you make the whole album, like every song, the same loudness and make them like flow into each other nicely. You know what I mean? Like there's no awkward silence. Transitions. Or, yeah. The transitions and use some special gear to make shit louder too. So the mix is what John is doing. Yeah. And we apply lines. Yep. That's like, you know, the mass. So you only put a master on a project. I mean, you, you can master a song like that does happen. If you're releasing a single, like you would probably get it mastered. What? But like we do like a rough master, which is like, our way of using some cool plugins we have that I'm not going to say on air to get shit louder and sounding fire. Um, because we can get shit pretty loud now, but like real mastering engineers use some special hardware gear. It's the gold something. I forget what it's called, but you run their signal through that and you can get it really loud. Okay. I'm still a little confused. Mastering is make is all about volume. It's the same program. No, you master, you don't master in pro tools. No. Okay. You that, use that's hardware an easy way gear. Distinct it. Yeah. Hardware gear is in like you go to Westlake and, and there's all those like little knobs and pushing. And yeah, shit. it's some shit like that. Okay. You run the audio through that and it does some cool shit to it. Got it. Whereas mixing you is like. Get it? I'm starting to get it. Mixing is like, okay, like shit, that. Mixing is like that needs more reverb. You know, you wouldn't do that in mastering. Mastering is like you take the finished mix and you're just making it louder. Okay. <laughs> no, I understand what you're saying. I yeah. get it. I can understand why it confuses people, though. Yeah, because people will be like, yo, I just need this shit mastered and really Let's just what call they the need is a like, The master is like the cherry on top. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. The mix is the cake. Yeah, mix the, is and like... the song is that batter. Mix is... 
I I always think of it like cooking, not baking. It's like okay, it takes my swag. <laughs> no, but like, like here's mine now. So there's batter, there's a cake, and there's a cherry. <laughs> well, let me back it up. I mean, I guess you could do the same thing with baking, but I just think of it with cooking, so that's how I'm gonna do it. Okay. So, um, so you're Chef Jay. Yeah, I'm step, Chef bro. Jay, and uh, like the writing process, the beat making process, that's like getting your ingredients together. You know what I mean? They better be fresh. Yeah, better your ingredients are, the better I'm the final product crazy, is going to be. Dude. So, like, <laughs> you get those ingredients together, and then the recording process is, like, starting to mix them shits together. You know what I mean? Oh, that's when you grab that spatula. Exactly. Or you grab one of those whipping Maybe sticks. one of those little whisks, you know? Oh, whisk. Yeah, whisk that uh, shit up. Mm. <laughs> no whisk. Wait, so, so the writing is, like, you got the bowl, right? Yeah, you got the bowl, you got your paprika, you got a little so chicken you breast. Like, you chopped you know, up a little dudes. bit, and then you like scraped it into the bowl, right? <laughs> then you get that whisk, right? Yeah. And this is when we're recording? Yeah. We're going to just put it together slowly. Ah, my wrist hurts. Where's going to go? Okay, what's next? What's next? So after you got your thing ready, and it's ready to go in the oven, that's the mix. Bro, you're not going to put the bowl into that. You got to fucking put whatever I'm saying when it's ready. Yeah, when it's in the pan already. So then what's the application from the bowl to the pan? That's the recording process. No, you said the recording process was the whisking. Oh, man. <laughs> the recording process is like getting the shit ready to go in the oven. That's the whole recording process. Dude, you blew that now. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you like tried to take control of it and fuck me over. You made recording whisking, just whisk whisking. I never said that was it. Oh, okay, so, all right. The mix is you put it in the oven. Yeah. And what's the master on your end, in your analogy? It's like putting that little glaze on top at the end. It sounds like a weak ass brownie. Wait, <laughs> it's you... not baking. <laughs> Wait, you say you put it in the oven? Yeah, you can put other things. Put like in chicken the in the oven, dude. You didn't say you're gonna put chicken in the bowl. I never said there was a bowl. You added the bowl. You know, you were only talking about spices and shit. <laughs> you added the chicken in the bowl. <laughs> I'm not uh, putting no chicken in. Yeah, the bowl. I feel sick. <laughs> yeah. right. I'm leaving this analogy somewhere else okay. The main thing is If you work with better ingredients The final product is going to be better That's fire Chef Chef Jay So listen Big boy's about to be here mm -hmm. Was there anything I didn't hit on That you would want to speak about? No, nah, I think we hit all our bases Dude, we, had, we did a good we, had a, we reached a good point on a couple things Yeah Soon base level I think people got a good idea for who you are i'm gonna reference real quick i have complete faith in josh as a human i do i don't say about many people do i i appreciate that josh is not only a great dude he's also understands things and i think you have a load of potential if john thinks you got a load of potential with what you're doing i don't really understand this shit but you're a smart kid thanks bro book some time with josh shout out to sir south we're getting him you guys booked right He's still waiting to hit him. I'm still waiting for him to hit me back up. That's fine. He'll book it. Yeah. Shout out South, though. I'm, what I'm saying is I'm referring music. some of my closest friends to go work with Josh because I trust him. Book with Josh via Instagram. Give me your Instagram. Yeah, Josh underscore Shoeback. Jared already put my phone number on the podcast. Oh, yeah, give, me, give, give it again. No yeah, much. might as well at this yeah. point. 914-400-9959. Hit me up. And hit him up to get your shit crispy. Remember, every time, every episode, you guys know how I'm like... You come in here with a whack track, you leave with something good. You come here with a good track, you leave with something great. You come here with a great track, you leave on the charts. This is the guy that's going to help do it. No, like, for real, I'm so confident in that. Like, I will make you sound better than you think you can. Like, I'll make you sound better than the last studio you went to. Fuck Cybersound, bro. I'll say it. <laughs> I've gassed Cybersound a couple of times, too. What the dude is just... I'll just do it. 
Whatever. We can talk about that another time. Yeah, so that's Cyber another, sounds that's another edition. Built. So, this is how we start and end these. Yeah, what do I say? You know. Do you know? I'm Josh Hubeck, and this is my golden hour. Nice, nice. And? Hi. I'm Step Bro Josh Schubeck, and that was. Hi. Oh, you got to start from the top now, but hey, I appreciate you knowing the, the catch line. I'm Josh Schubeck, and that was my golden hour. Live from Phoenix Down recording. But yeah, you got to do that. This is, and that was, in one. Oh, why? Because that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hi, I'm Josh Schubeck, and this is my golden hour. I'm Josh Schubeck, and that was my golden hour. And you're my step bro for life. Yeah, thank you for doing this, bro. <laughs>